Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Love my church family and uh, love just the opportunities. God opens doors in so many different ways. You just never know how God is going to work. And it's exciting to me to just let God surprise me and how he leads and guides. And uh, we've been doing our best to work together with Brother Mike and the chaplain uh, program, and that's opening up. I've got some, I didn't even tell Brother Mike this, got some letters back to, to finally be fully vested in the York City area chaplaincy, so thank God for that, and just keep praying about that and, and uh, the different services and, and ministry we have in the nursing home, and, and uh, hallelujah. It's just, uh, it's a blessing. Amen. Don't, uh, but you know what? God has a way. Just, I, I love, don't, the Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Just keep loving God. And, you know, I, I, I love going out to nursing home. You know, I've been, I've been kicked. I've had things thrown at me. I've been given the finger. And, and it was all in love. But, uh, but you know, just want to make a difference. You know, I, I love the fact that we don't have to just think we're we're uh, we're something we're not. Amen. That that we're just who we are, loving God and loving people, and and God just uses us to open those doors. And some people they're not interested. Some people they're just they're not ready. Amen. And you know what? You just go ahead. You know what the Bible says? Just kind of brush the dust off your clothes and keep going. And somebody's going to hear it. So Second Corinthians eleven. Hallelujah. Just love what I feel here this morning. And Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your kindness. Lord, we thank you for your power, God, that is here with us today. God, I pray for an anointing, Lord, and direction that your word would minister to our hearts and our lives, God. God, that you would just tear down the walls, God, and let's, that we can just fully just let you have full control of everything we say and do, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, God. Lord, have your way. We ask it again in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Second Corinthians 11 verse 4 says, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might bear well with him. God bless you. You can be seated. I think we have read this scripture and the scriptures around it here recently, but we want to go back to it, just letting God lead us. That's the point, right? Yep. And uh, before we get to that text, I uh, was thinking about how so often in this world when religion comes up, you know, there's a lot of different religions. Yeah. And so often people... Sometimes they'll say, well, there's no real difference. We're all going in the same direction. All, you know, we might call them different names, but we're all going to the same God. But, but so often I've seen that people get so confused. They don't really understand who Jesus truly is. Yeah. Amen. Amen. There are skeptics. There are those that will attack the Bible. And it's... A, Interesting to me, I was sharing with some here recently, how it seems as though when people look at some of the Eastern religions or some of the other major world religions, like 
I don't know how many might know it by name, but Taoism, you know, the symbol, the yin and the yang. And people just, you know, they'll, they'll have it uh, tattooed on them or put it on their car and just and talk about how beautiful it is that, that this uh, Taoist belief of yin and yang balancing the good and the evil and how everybody, the evil in this world and the good in this world is all a beautiful balance and how amazing that is. And, and then they might uh, also look at the, the Hindu belief of karma. And say, oh, isn't it amazing that the, the bad things of this world and the bad decisions and choices, even the evil in this world, but it's all going to work towards something that's going to bring us to higher levels of consciousness and ultimately to nirvana and, and how beautiful it is to think how that is. And then when people say, what do you think about Jesus? What do you think about the Bible? What kind of God would allow evil in the world? What kind of God would they, he doesn't love everybody or at least he's not all powerful because if he has all power and he loves, he would stop bad and evil. And the same people that say it's such a beautiful understanding of the balance of good and evil or a beautiful understanding of the working of karma when you're going through the troubles will condemn and criticize the Bible because God has called us into a world that is fallen. And then we're not in heaven yet, but God has a plan. There's a difference. There is a difference that people really do stumble on when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Bible. I think it's, uh, I, I think it is uh, uh, just telling that uh, you just don't hear anybody bang their bang their finger with a hammer and just say, "Oh, Muhammad." <laughs> But they just throw around the name of Jesus in vain. What's the difference? I know there's a lot of people that would like to believe there's no difference. Like I said earlier, we're all going in the same direction. We're all basically believing the same thing. You know, just be good. Try your best, whether it's the golden rule or the the tenets of, uh, of other world religions that similarly say those things. But there is such a vast difference. Jesus... And the truth of the word of God is so much different than every other religion because in all those religions, there is this understanding, there's this basis of doing, trying, and being better and reaching God through their scriptures and through their uh, teachings and their commandments. And, and hey, this is how we get to God. And the, the, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, like we said, the, the following of, of, of karma and, or the, uh, the, intri- the, the intricacies of, of, a, of a, the path of Buddhism and all these things. But, but Jesus came. You say, well, isn't that what we do? No. Jesus came and said, I am the way. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Jesus came and said, you need a savior, in effect, because your sins have separated you from God. And we have an Old Testament of 39 books, each one teaching us that with the commandments that God brought down etched in stone by his own finger, all they do is teach us. I'm a sinner. <laughs> the more I try to follow those commandments, the more I realize I might keep from killing my neighbor today. 
But oh, the more I try to be good, the more I realize evil's yeah. inside of me. Yeah. All the scriptures. People say, oh, how can you say these scriptures are wrong and yours are right? And yours will, will help people get to heaven. If you follow every bit of that Bible, but you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you, you're not, you don't have the change. See, the gospel is that Jesus paid the price for our sins. That if you believe that there is a God and he is a holy God that's created everything, that holy God, according to this Bible, says our best isn't going to impress him. No matter how hard you try to even keep his commandments, you're still going to fall short. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus came and said, I'll make the difference. I'll pay the price and I will cleanse your heart, change your heart, give you a new heart and fill your life with my spirit. That when God looks at a child, one of his children that has been born again, filled with his spirit, he's not seeing that sinner just trying to do their best. And failing miserably all the time. Are you hearing me this morning? But he sees himself in your life. Because that's where he's living. No other world religion has that kind of savior. A savior that came and said, I'll take the guilt and the shame of your sin. I'll take the penalty for your sin. And I will prove to the world for all eternity that I have conquered that. Through coming back from the dead and destroying death itself. Amen. Muhammad had not done that. Buddha had not done that. Uh, Krishna did not do that. But Jesus has paid the price for us. Amen. Not giving us the ability to try to uh, try to work our way back, but just saying, I will come to you and I'll give you rest. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Getting back to our text, though. I uh, I said it to you last week. Someone had once said that the pastor's job is to uh, comfort the the distressed, but kind of distress the comfortable. Amen. And I want to look at this scripture that Paul brings. This is this is Bible. This isn't uh, my idea. Paul comes to the New Testament church in first in Corinth, and he says. You know, you started off doing pretty well, but sometimes after a while, there's, you're going to find yourself come into contact with a different kind of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are there more Jesuses? Is somebody, well, you know, I mean, there's people with that name throughout history. We've, maybe some of you have a friend named Jesus. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he's not talking about that. He's not talking about somebody else that's claiming to be Jesus. Although there are false Christs in the land, the Bible talks about they would come. But he's talking about Jesus being represented in a way that is false. Another spirit. Oh, the Bible talks about his spirit filling us. We talked about it here earlier. But so often there are counterfeits. There are things that are like the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of folks feeling things, a lot of sensations, even signs and miracles. But you know what? If it's not the if it's not holy, it's not the Holy Spirit. Amen. Another gospel. 
another good news, another message of salvation. But he says, he, he warns them that the last few verses, you might say, I got all that, but that you might bear well with them. Paul was calling them out and he was saying, somebody comes to you with a different Jesus that you've learned, a different gospel than you've heard, a different spirit than you received. You're kind of setting yourself up to where you might just follow them. You might, you might, uh, you might be pulled away from that. Be careful. There are differences between those who call Jesus their Savior. They're preaching this modern gospel that I see in the land today. So much more acceptable than it's ever been among so many is a weak gospel that has a weak Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you, Jesus was no weakling. The boldness that Jesus had to be able to go in before them all and stand up for the truth. Amen. He was not concerned. The Bible says he took upon himself the role of a servant, was not concerned with his reputation, but stood there amongst the religious leaders and condemned their hypocrisy. Modern gospel today has allowed people to consider themselves followers of Christ but never be free from the sin that was condemning them from the beginning. We have a gospel so-called that allows us to feel good about ourselves but does not set us free doesn't give us the ability to have chains that have been broken on our lives. We've got churches full of people that are still bound by depression, still bound by anxiety, because they're still bound in sin so often. They've never been told they need to repent of their sin and turn away from it. I know this might be uncomfortable for some, but listen to me. Sin is still the problem. Sin is still why Jesus came to the cross. Sin is still what separates us from a holy God. To call ourselves his, fr- our, his friend, to call ourselves children of God and followers of God, he will lead you away from your sins. Amen. We want to, I, I wrote something down here that I want to just read to you. If we are going to have what the early church had, the power to see God work, the power to heal the sick, the power to see demons cast out, the power to see people delivered. The church needs to look at where it's allowing the enemy into their own lives and to quit making excuses. We are seeing modern church members, listen now, turn back to pagan religions to try to find peace in their hearts. They're going back to practices that You can put that aside and just come to Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can I tell you, this gospel will break chains. This Jesus will give you resurrection power. This Jesus will make you a new creature where you cannot even be recognized of what you once were. It's not something you have to keep on battling and carrying, but God will lift that burden and give you victory. The gospel that we preach can go into this world and see them and their worst and say, Jesus is better. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have the power of God. 
But not everybody sitting in church can say, I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got the power of God in my life. We've got to be able to examine ourselves. We've got to be able to examine ourselves. Look what it says down a little bit farther in our text. uh, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 13. For such are false apostles and deceitful workers. I, I know, I know the culture that I'm up against, and I've said this to you before. And I think a lot of people don't recognize the idea of what is called tolerance. It's not tolerance. We we love people. We respect people. Amen. Amen. I don't care how how sinful their lifestyle is. We love them. We show them respect. We don't we 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 try to minister. We try to help wherever we can. And it's not fake. It's not shallow. It's not something that we show thinly veiling our our disgust. We try to we realize without Jesus, that could have been us. Amen. Amen. What is not tolerance, but what is preached today in the culture, and trust me, the culture does a lot of preaching, yeah. is a legitimizing. Yeah. You no longer can disagree with me. You can no longer uh, have a biblical worldview and still say that you love me, you hate me, that if you don't agree with me or validate my every position is right. That's not tolerance. That's right. foolishness. Right. It's It's... It's sad, but listen to me. I'm not here to, to preach about the culture per se, but the church has has so much in this day to, to bring in crowds. We've got this idea, well, nobody's wrong. Everybody's right. Everybody's got. We've all still got this idea that we're all going in the same direction. And what we're going to do to make everybody feel so comfortable is we're going to stop telling them to repent of their sins. Stop telling them that their sin is sinful. I'm going to tell you, in order to do that, you have to convince people to just read happy, positive literature. Don't read your Bibles. Hello? The... Don't 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 start through the Bible and slowly look at, at all the different things that Jesus told us. If you practice these things, you are not a, you're not a child of God. If you're committing these things, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Repent of your sins. Jesus had the boldness to be able to look at his own followers and say, "Hmm, I hear you guys talking. Somebody saw the headlines of how that tower must have fell down on a bunch of horrible sinners. Destroyed them. It looked like there's no other way. That was the judgment of God. That was probably the the leading... uh, just example in, in most of the churches of that day. Oh, you see that in the news, how they were just, you know, being about their, their sin. And it just seemed like all of a sudden their, their lives were snuffed out. And he looked at them and said, if you don't repent, you'll go to the same place That's they right. went to. Yeah. If you don't turn from your sin. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you about a God that will bring power in the church when we get serious about sin. When we get serious about lives that are surrendered to God and let God look at us and say, hey, before I point a finger, you know, the Bible tells us Jesus said it in Matthew seven. He said, you know what? Judge not lest you be judged. And we can quote that. But you forgot the most important part of that part of scripture. All right. 
He's talking to hypocrites that have a beam in their eye and are trying to pull specks out of their neighbor's eye. But the most important thing that Jesus was trying to tell them, you can go and look at Matthew 7 when you get time. He said, get that beam out of your eye and then you can help your neighbor. Get the speck out of their eye. He's not saying it doesn't matter. He's not saying don't worry about it. He's saying we need to help each other get particular about sin because when sin leaves, God's power moves in. And we can tell people that are bound and afflicted. I told you the other day that we rob ourselves of God's best because we allow sin in our lives. Sin is not your friend. Sin is not the friend of the gospel. Sin is not the friend of the spirit of God. He will purify you, sanctify you, set you free. So that you can go into this world and say you can be free too. We gotta, we gotta get, take care of our own addictions before we tell them, hey, they need to get clean. We need to take care of our own sinful practices before we can point a finger and say, hey, they're bad sin. It's really bad. Hey, what about yours? Amen. Amen. What about what you know right well? Oh, God, I'm praying for sinners. I'm praying for this world. I'm praying for those that are out there. Are you overlooking your own walk with God where God's saying, hey, I don't, I told you before that's not for you. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 11. We started this. Such are false apostles. 2 Corinthians 11, 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. These are the ones that are bringing a different Jesus, right. a different Jesus that says, you know what? I love you and I care about you and everybody sins. It doesn't matter. You know, don't try to compare your sin to somebody else's sin. You know, everybody's got some of it. You're, I'm just going to love all of you anyway. That's not a Bible, Jesus. Right. He said, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Yeah. I'm telling you, if we want to get where we need to go. We can't go easy on ourselves when it comes to sin. We need to be open to God to say, okay, lead me, guide me, get this out of my life. He says, no marvel. Now, he's talking about these false apostles. No marvel. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Wow. He, he's, he's comparing them. He said, the same way the devil appears as an angel of light, so do these false preachers. Making me feel comfortable about my sin. Making me feel uh, that it's acceptable. Making me feel like it's okay to, to go on in my sin and, and still consider myself saved and safe. How sad that is. Therefore, it is no great thing if the ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Help us, Lord. It's, 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 it's a battle being able to stand up loving people. Wanting them to be saved, but recognizing, hey, I've got to look at myself first and say, God, am I living for you? Is my life surrendered truly to you? Have I surrendered 75% to God and then expect 100% of his anointing and his power in my life? I want God to answer my prayers and meet my needs and help me to be everything. But I'm not willing to say, okay, God, if that's your will, let it be done. Help us, Lord. And so, so much pressure it is on those that would stand up and say, repent of sin. Church, I don't care how long you've been living for God. You need to look at your own life and say, hey, what about me, God? 
If you're going to draw closer to God, you're going to examine your heart. You're going to look at your whole life and say, okay, God, it's yours. It's yours. Amen. I surrender my life to you. And you're going to trust him enough when he says this right here. You don't need that anymore. You've got me. Hello? You don't need that anymore. You've got prayer. You don't need that anymore. You can lean on me. Hallelujah. You see some great things happen. I know it, it, it's a scary thing for someone who really does have a revelation. I mean, to me, it's it's like uh, it's like the house is on fire. And who's in more danger? The one that is aware of the problem and actively seeking to escape or the one that is nestled in bed dreaming about everything that's just so good and so right and and everything's going to be OK. That's uh, that's part of it. But what about what about who's not only who is the safer one, but who's the better friend? The one that comes into that house and says, wake up, come on, get out of here. The place is on fire. Well, worry about your feelings later. Get out of here, man. You're, you're going to die. Right. Or that one that comes into that burning building like a. Like one of these false apostles and says, oh, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. Don't get worked up. Don't get don't get upset. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're in no danger. Who's the real friend? Who's the real friend? Listen to me. Jesus came to the cross to save sinners from their sin. It is our sin that has separated us from a holy God. We have to look at ourselves and say, God, cleanse me. We read it. We read it there in uh, in First John. Turn with me to it. First John, was it Wednesday night? Yeah, I don't know either. First John one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's not the more person that says, okay, God, I'm sorry again. Uh, If I did anything wrong, amen. But we're confessing our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And what? Cleanse us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's got a way for you. God's got a way for you to have mercy and help and strength. And he will give you something so much better than your sin. But when the church comes in and says, my sins don't really count like their sins, my sins don't really condemn me like their sins do. We are fooling ourselves. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You cannot be delivered by saying, well, they did more than I did. They're worse than I am. No. Help us, God. Help us, God. I know. It is to such a degree, it, not much time passes before someone comes to me, buckle in I, and, and wait to wait till the end of what I say before you pass judgment. But I hear so many people saying we need more unity among the churches of God. Wouldn't dis, couldn't disagree with you. I, we, I would love to see it. Right. I'd love to see a love and a kindness and a, and a working together for the kingdom of God more than anybody. But do you think Paul 
would see these false apostles with another Jesus and say, we need to gather together. And we need to have, they, he, he's calling them out. He's calling out those that are, that are full of sin on the platforms and full of sin in their churches without any kind of power. And, oh, there's a, there's, there's a, you know, a move of God a mile wide and a thimble deep. But a real deep move of God that stirs us to change our lives, stirs us to go home and be a better husbands and wives and parents and children and better neighbors. Amen. Amen. Stirs us to go home and throw some things out that aren't pleasing to God. Stirs us to get deeper in prayer. Stirs us to get closer to God and to rely on him to a place where we say, God, I can't do it without more of you. Bible talks about in Matthew 13 how Jesus said that tares were among the wheat. Tares were weeds that were amongst the wheat that kind of sort of looked like wheat, but it wasn't wheat. The Bible says that they came to the Lord and said, we need to pull up all those, that, those tares. We need to pull up those weeds. He said, wait a second, no, don't tear it up. Just just keep being wheat. God will take care of that. You don't want to stomp down some good wheat while you're trying to pull up these weeds. So, But I'll tell you what did happen to those weeds, those tares that looked like the wheat, but they weren't really wheat. You couldn't make bread out of them. The Bible says they were bundled together to be thrown into the fire. I feel like what is happening in this last day so much is people saying, I don't care if you don't believe in the Jesus that I see in the Bible. It's okay if, 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 uh, if, if you allow sin and, and, and you don't believe in repentance and, and you're living a, 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 a lifestyle of sin and, and you're not seeing the, the victory of God in your life and in your church and, and, and really having a powerful, this anointing of God in your life, you know, we'll just bind together with you. Listen, they're binding together. That's right. Yeah. There's a move to have the, tears bound together, but it's bundled for the burning. Amen. If you're preaching a different Jesus, I can't unify with that. If you've got a different gospel, I can't unify with that. If you've got a different spirit, there's no unity with that. The Bible says come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. When we are allowing and overlooking sin and, 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 and thinking that it's not affecting the move of God, thinking it's not affecting our families and our homes, that the, the, the turmoil that is beneath the surface in most people calling themselves Christians today, still bound by, by addiction, still bound by fears and, and hatred and anger and, and depression and bound by these things, that God has given us victory, not only to have in our lives, but to take it out in the world. See, I hear you and I believe it. I'm I'm more excited than ever to believe that God's got an outpouring for this day. But I'll tell you, when he pours out his spirit on somebody, it's going to change them. They're going to they're going to look and say, hey, I don't don't need what I used to have. I don't need any of that anymore. I've got Jesus and that's all I need. Amen. And there are people in this world today that need to see that power in you. 
I believe without a doubt there's people here that you're going to pray and the people are going to be healed. You're going to pray and people are going to be helped. You're going to pray and they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. But it's not happening in vessels that haven't just been fully surrendered to God and saying, God, search me and know me, God. We can't excuse sin in the church and believe that God is going to work in a dirty vessel. The Bible is very clear. Praise God. That judgment has to begin in the house of the Lord. That we first have to deal with our own being. We have to look at our own lives and say, God, look at me. There's mercy for you. We're not talking about a weak savior. We're not talking about a weak gospel. We're not talking about a, a, a spirit that gets you to speak in tongues and then go your way back to your old sin. But God will set you free. God will give you victory. Amen. God will put joy in you, peace in you, and power to be a light. And people will see that in you and they'll know there's something different about you. They'll know you've got victory in your life and they're going to want to know more about it. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Hallelujah. God's going to have a church. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ... Depart from iniquity. Yes, sir. Every one of us needs to look at our lives and say, God, yeah. cleanse my life. Yeah. Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. This salvation is a great salvation. It will break chains. It will bring healing in your heart and mind. Amen. It'll bring wholeness. It'll bring completion to you. Hallelujah. He'll he'll, he'll put in you a a stability that this world can't give and it won't take can't take away. It'll give you something that your prayers can be answered. Your prayers can make a difference. Your testimony can touch hearts and lives. When we look at our effectiveness. In this day today. And we say, oh, things are so bad. The devil's so strong. Is that how weak our Jesus is? That we have to be so concerned with how bad the devil is these days that we can't get excited about how great Jesus is. So much greater. So much stronger. Amen. Paul didn't have that kind of attitude when he was in Rome in the first century where they were crucifying Christians and throwing them to, to be lion food and gladiator sport. We serve that same Jesus. We've got a God that can set the captives free. Jesus said, whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Hey, if you don't have that freedom right now, you're making excuses for things that are in your life that you know right well. God wants to break those chains. Today's your day. Today's your day to say, okay, God, I'm going to own up to it. I'm not what I need to be. I'm not what I say I am. I don't have the strength of the true gospel in my life. Because when you get that kind of strength in you, hallelujah, it's going to make a difference. That's what these disciples had. You read through the book of Acts, they had something. People said, I don't know. 
where they learned it. I don't think they, they went to school, but I think they've been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, just so there's a difference. There's a difference today. There's a difference between the other gospel, another Jesus, another spirit, and what God wants to give you today. God's got more for you. God's got more for you. Hallelujah. Jesus took all your sin to Calvary to give you victory in your life. Jesus paid a price for you that you can have overcoming power. Not only for you, but for your family. And for wherever God will lead you to to minister and to help others. The answer is Jesus. The need of this world is Jesus. And the Jesus of this Bible will come and break the chains of sin in your life. Place, sadly, in this generation that we live in. There's no desire to look at our lives and just examine ourselves. And when the Bible tells us perfecting holiness in the fear of God, that God will sanctify us. He'll start to cleanse your life and move old things out give you new hope and new life. Oh, help us, God. Help us, God, to lean on you. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you find a place to pray and just reach out to God. Search me, Lord. Help me to see.
church in this last day. Something greater than the world has. Something greater than the... And God, help us to just bring glory to your name. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.